We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome to the Heapy Podcast. I am your host, Giancarlo Navas, and with me today, we just have Kenny. What's up, man? What's going on? I decided fairly recently that I'm gonna like stop talking about this team so much online because I end up like getting annoyed by people, and so I'm giving most of my stuff to this platform now. So we're gonna get into some stuff that I was honestly just a little too frustrated to talk about on Hangover Time last night. So. If you saw that last night and you're here today, you're going to hear more from me today. Well, today we do, with a heavy heart, um, the shooting in Texas this afternoon. Uh, another school, an, another group of young people, children, uh, a teacher by another young person. I believe he was 18 years old. Um, not that we want to do this today, um, but you know, hopefully we can take your mind off of the horrible things in the world, the, the things our government doesn't do to take these weapons away from people and all, all the failings um, top to bottom of not just our country, but world. So hopefully we can provide to you a little bit of um, a, a little bit of reprieve from that. Uh, not that last night was any fun for us, but hopefully uh, we could talk this about it and, 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 and use basketball um, and, and the love it has to, uh, to, to kind of bring positivity in a time where it's, it's really horrible. So, no way to transition from that into talking about uh, the buffoonery that happened in game four, but we <laughs> give it our best go. Kenny, mm-hmm. fresh out watching the film. Let's yeah. start. Let's start from the top. So I want today to be a show where we kind of discuss what happened, what went wrong and where Miami can improve, because it is, of course, the worst loss of the season. No regular season loss to Detroit <laughs> in February. Uh, matches what happened last night tonight yesterday was the biggest game of their season up to that point uh and maybe not probably game five against philly regardless it was one of the biggest games of their season and they came out they laid an egg in the first 10 whatever minutes um i thought the biggest thing that boston did different was they switched to a drop against particularly bam Mm -hmm. uh horford whenever miami would run bam pick and roll as as a screener 
Horford would drop. And Rob Williams decided he's not going to guard P.J. Tucker. Like, straight up. It's not like, oh, they're cheating off of him. No. Straight up not guarding him. I watched the film. I tweeted a thread. Kenny, to me, that set the tone early. Miami tried to attack that multiple ways because Rob Williams is helping. Bam is the main screener. Al Horford's on him. Kyle, first play is a Kyle uh, Bam pick and roll. Rob Williams helps off of PJ. Uh, comes or flashes in the middle of the paint. Bam has nowhere to go. And that was really the story. Miami then pivots to a lot of things. Jimmy has a screener with Rob out of the play, but then Rob comes to help. They say, okay, naturally what we got to do is we got to get Rob in pick and roll in a drop. So let's run mm-hmm. Kyle and PJ pick and roll. And Rob Williams did a great job there. PJ missed a tough floater. Uh, they they really were saying, okay, Kyle, you're not going to score. We'll make we have PJ's going to make plays. They said, okay, fuck it. You know this isn't working. Let's run a DHO with Bam and Max away from Rob because that'll isolate the play. Derek White does a great job getting over the screen. Max has to take something off the dribble, misses a layup. Boston's going to take that any day of the week. So I mean, what we have, Kenny, is they tried, they deployed a new defensive scheme against Miami. He tried everything to crack it, and it did not work. And that was really the story of those first, whatever, 13, 12, 10, 7 minutes, whatever it was. Yeah. And so that's part of why I had to kind of get offline because we look at these things, and I have to do a better job of understanding most people don't. Uh, Everybody just ran with the narrative again with the BAM aggression stuff. But in reality, they didn't switch any of his actions. So he didn't have Jalen Brown in the post this time. You you were correct. They had they kept Horford on him, or when it was Grant Williams, they kept him. They had Rob Williams in the paint. They also had Jalen um, coming over, ready to help if Bam tried to go the opposite way, if he tried to make a move. There were some plays where Derek White was down there as a third person, and so what you want is for a guy like Bam, it doesn't have to be scoring. You want him to draw defenders into the paint, and then he can kick it out, which is what he does. That's not in those situations. It's not lack of aggression it's iq like you want him to make the correct passes and he did that and one thing also i'm not sure if you're going to point this out either but in the bam and oladipo minutes they did a great job of keeping bam on the opposite side of oladipo so oladipo can get those drives and if they kept the body attached to bam oladipo had to lay up and if they helped off bam then oladipo can make the dump pass but they never helped off bam and so oladipo had a great game I think that Miami found a couple things. Obviously, Oladipo played great. And his because Boston was playing such aggressive coverages on ball, mm-hmm. it helped. You know, Obviously, a guy who can get downhill is going to help, right? So yeah. if, if Horford is playing the screen high, you know, that's going to help. And when Bam isn't the one screening, you know, they, they, they play a little higher because they're worried about shooters. And I mm-hmm. think we saw that a lot. And, and the interesting thing was, and credit to the Celtics, by the way, like a lot of people yeah. want to say, and we did this on Hangover Tim, like, a lot of people, oh, Miami didn't come out with effort, this and that. All oh, that could be true. Boston came mm-hmm. out with a fucking great game plan. They executed yeah. great. Rob Williams is not just helping off of PJ. He's deploying different levels of drop against different defenders. Against Max Struess, he was playing very high up on the screen. Mm-hmm. Against Jimmy, ducking super under. Against Kyle, ducking super under. Right, they're they're just they're really just in great positions. Everybody's moving well. There was a play, Kenny, where Miami ran an empty side pick and roll for Jimmy and Kyle. 
their favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Jimmy screens for Kyle, rolls, gets a switch of Peyton Pritchard. And because no one's guarding PJ, Grant Hill sprints to pick up Jimmy while Peyton Pritchard runs out of the play. It was like some sort of like football, like, you know, guy comes in, another guy comes out kind of play. They were just yeah. fucking disciplined and game plan. They were ready for everything Miami had. Every pet action that he tried. I watched mm-hmm. it. I just watched it. They did all of the same. All Miami did went to all of their tricks. They went to all the yeah. natural pressure points on that defense. And part of it, Kenny, was PJ missed a floater. Max missed a layup. Mm-hmm. You know, got Kyle missed an open three. Right? Guys missed some open. Guys missed makeable shots. And yeah. the rest of it, Avalanche. So we got to give Boston credit. We could say, you know, mm-hmm. Miami bottled. Which I thought in a lot of ways they did. We could complain about the refs. I didn't think the officiating was great. But at the end of the day, Boston executed a, a brilliant game plan solidly. And mm-hmm. they lost. They won. And, and I, I, you know, you watch the film and you're like, yeah, that team's good. Yeah. That's the thing I try to um, always just tell people in general most games are not anybody's in particular's fault, but especially a game like last night where the Heat shot, I believe, 33% from the field. It was just, and they were getting great looks. They were generating great looks. So credit to Spoke for that also, making the adjustments, understanding that the Celtics did everything they could to make sure Bam didn't have a repeat of last game. They kept two or three people in the paint anytime he touched the ball, even when he was out the ball at, without the ball at times. And the Heat may counter that, and they got great shots. They just didn't go in. And we can talk about the rebounding disparity, but I looked it up just to be sure because it didn't seem as bad to me. And it was, but offensive rebounding, it was Boston 14, Miami 10, which is fine. That's not really an advantage. It was the defensive rebounding that was a huge difference. And that's, again, if you're missing all those shots and you have three guys in the paint, trying to stop Bam from scoring they're already there, it's going to be difficult to rebound, to get offensive rebounds in that case also. And so, again, it's just sometimes you have to just credit the other team, credit the other coach. I think Miami didn't do much wrong aside from just missing shots, which spiraled everything else. But there's not much blame you can put on that. It's just sometimes the ball doesn't go in. We can do the Bam conversation for the 15th billion time. Would it be better if Bam didn't get stripped when he posts up Derek White? Yeah, duh. Right. Would we like him to kind of want to post up and, and not post up, but more face up? Right. Get on that. Yeah, of course. Right. Absolutely. Like that's I don't mm-hmm. think any of that's in question, but there were so many other things going on in the game that that is the yeah. lowest hanging fruit. And it's also yeah, it's... the fruit that's easiest to change, Kenny, because we saw how he looked. I, I think him not being able to get the role game going, I think, is a yeah. huge part of it. Because uh, mm-hmm. that's really what, you know, that, that lets him see the ball go in the basket, get in a rhythm. They, the Celtics took that away from him, and it worked. Mm-hmm. Now they're going yeah. out. Miami's going to adjust, and we're going to see what they got. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just sometimes – because what I was – I like, I'll just say something, and I'll kind of ignore – I'll read stuff here and there. But there was also – there's a thing with Bam struggling against size, which is true but doesn't tell the full story. Bam struggles against – really good rim protectors and drop. And that's because you can pull up his shooting splits this season while I'm while I say this stuff, but he just doesn't have a reliable jumper. And so he is most effective at the basket. And so when it's a Robert Williams, who by the way, I didn't really understand the size conversation because 
Bam is 6'9", 250. Rob Williams is 6'9", 237. It's not a size disadvantage. Rob Williams is just a great rim protector when he comes over and helps. But it's just, yeah, it's – listen, that was that was Boston's game plan. They just put two, three people on them, and you got to give them credit for it. Uh, you can't really blame Bam. Now, again, and this is not – I'm not blaming other guys either. It's not – any individual person's fault, but they generated shots. Max was 0 for 7. PJ was 0 for 4. Gabe was 2 for 10. It's just shots weren't falling. That's the key to last game. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Bam, 41% from the mid-range this year. Uh, 53rd percentile mm-hmm. in the league, um, 45th percentile amongst centers. So just not good below average. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything yeah. you said. And, and I think there was a conversation, you know, that happened kind of last night about Miami needs to go a little bigger. Miami's biggest success was when they went small. Yeah, I, I they down, they yeah, downsized. I, I, and they they really that really helped them. And I think that the rebounding mm-hmm. numbers felt gaudy. But a lot of that was in a zone. And I think part of mm-hmm. that was, to, I think they need to, I think the one thing they do need to figure out is how to balance kind of where to play Duncan and Max, right? In mm-hmm. those And Deadman. And a lot of that is to hide Deadman as much as it is to hide the guards because mm-hmm. his minutes have been absolutely untenable yeah. in the playoffs. He has been really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so as far as the size stuff, that was what the Deadman pickup was for last season. And what happens with Deadman is he comes into the game and the team and teams say, hey, hold on. We got a big, slow guy in here. Put him in all the actions. Take advantage of this while we can. And so you just you look around the league and most teams are not playing big. Daniel Tice is the Celtics' biggest guy, and we know what Bam does to him. So it's just not – I don't fully understand that conversation because even if you do want to go ahead and bring in a bigger guy, who would it be? You could – Ideally, like let's say Brooke Lopez, but we saw how he looked in the playoffs against this exact same Celtics team. It wasn't great. I mean, people are clamoring for like it's, the guys on the bench, whether it's Yurt or whether it's Keith. But again, I mean, probably, I mean, it'd be hard to get worse than Deadman, but Spoh just sticks with these guys. By the way, yeah, you're not Deadman plus, plus seven when he's off, Heater plus almost eight when he's off, minus two and a half. When he's on the defense jumps when Deadman's off the floor, a 106 defensive rating when he's on the floor, a almost 117 defensive rating opponents, three point field goals 
jump from 32 to almost 33% to 39% because they're just in rotation at all times. Yeah. Uh, they're two point field goals. Um, actually drop a little bit, but they're taking more threes. So, yeah, we it's like we 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 understand what the Heat's defensive philosophy is. They want to be switchable. They want to be able to suffocate everything. The size shouldn't matter all that much because they're they're keep trying to keep you out of the paint anyway. And like I said, we saw how Deadman looks defensively on the floor with his foot speed and with him being forced into actions and having to drop, or when he's high up on these screens or on these dribble handoffs, it's also not a great thing for the Heat. And so, the size argument I understand because. It, once again, like Rob Williams, he plays big, but he's really not that big. Like I said, he's actually smaller than Bam. So it's just I don't I don't understand that. I don't blame fans for wanting Markeith just because again, Deadman's looks so bad that you know, like like and and Chad saying Keith is is mo- more mobile, can exploit a mismatch a little better. I think Siobhan has talked about he can kind of flash to the middle and get you a mid range shot. Um, yeah, he he can, but that's not size. He's again, I, smaller I than. And and the thing, like I think at this point, because I also wanted to see some some Markeith, but at this point, this late in the playoffs, I just trust the Spurs seeing some stuff in practice that we're not seeing. Whether it's health, whether it's performance, at this point, I think if he's not even getting in in garbage time, I just think there may be something there. Yeah, so I'm not really gonna. I agree. And I don't I don't want to talk too much about the backup center because it was really the starters that really lost this game for them. Yeah. Um. And I just, I, I'm the reason why I brought it up, brought up Deadman was because Miami ran a zone, you know, when they went small. And a part of that was just because mm-hmm. Deadman was in the game. And that wasn't really so much of a thing when Bam was in. It was a little bit, and Spoke goes to it. To, Spoke doesn't really hide guards with the zone, they hide bigs with zones, mm-hmm. and they hide guys who are in foul trouble with zones. That's kind of what Spoke has used the zone for this year, as opposed to last season and the year before that. It was more of a weapon. This year, it's more of a like, a, let, let's try to buy a couple minutes. So, they went small, and Miami had more success. Caleb at the four I thought was better. I thought Caleb did a better job of attacking Williams in space than mm-hmm. PJ did. I just thought it looked better um, against that specific scheme. I thought Duncan fouls too much. Duncan's just a dick. Yeah. to keep his fucking hands to himself. God damn it. But Kenny, yeah. I thought he gave him good minutes. I thought oh, he did. on offense, he. I, I tweeted out this play, Kenny. It was Oladipo's. They're running an empty, an empty corner set. Bam at the elbow. More traditional kind of two years ago Heat offense, right? Mm-hmm. It's Bam and Depot, and they're not going to run a pick and roll. Bam is Bam is parked at the elbow, and he's going to pitch it to Oladipo. Williams is kind of at the nail, and Duncan moves because Duncan's kind of like by the the duck is kind of like hanging he he runs in he runs it to grant williams kind of sets like a like a like a brush screen or whatever and then he just kind of stands around and then darts to the top of the key mm-hmm. and williams follows him yeah and all of a sudden that lane opens up and oladipo gets in mm-hmm. he's not following pj around when duncan gets open it's still a fucking fire drill for the other team duncan has his warts he Started off a little cold, which I think is to be expected because shooters have a rhythm and he doesn't play enough. And how could you expect a shooter to come in and hit a bunch? That's just not who Duncan is. And he plays scared because he knows that his minutes depend on every shot he takes. I -hmm. thought once he settled into the game, he looked a lot better. He is the guy who kills drop. And I'm not going to lie, Kenny. I, I think they might see him a little early next game because I thought what he gave them was good and interesting. 
Yeah, and I think with Tyler's injury, they said he's gonna he's gonna try to push to come back this week, but with a groin injury, that's not the best idea. Yeah, it's not. And so that, if, he, if he, he has to get paid too, that's another yeah. thing that's like on his mind. Yeah, yeah, and so if he does play, he probably won't play too much or he won't play well. And so with Duncan, especially against coverages like last night where the suckers are packing the paint and making sure Bam doesn't score, that's what they really want for Duncan to get those looks. And we saw him play well last night. But like you said, just the fouling, he just has to get that under control, especially with, against a guy as crafty as Tatum, who's going to draw the – who's going to – Get the get that switch and try to draw those fouls. Duncan has to move his feet and like be less handsy. But if he's able to do that and he can stay on the floor, he's gonna be able to contribute something. They they need to find Miami's the one consistent thing has been that they kill drop coverages. And yeah. and this and last night the Celtics deployed a drop coverage that they had issues cracking. Partly because mm-hmm. Max wasn't good, but Max missed makeable looks. You'd if if yeah. if if Rob is playing a little higher up on the handoff, I think that's obviously going to make it more difficult, but Max is capable of knocking that down. And they, they have to hit some of the shots that they missed. Again, it's a make or miss league. And, and again, it's, um, mm-hmm. it's a little, it's a, it's a, it's a simplification that sometimes people don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we talked about some of the tactical it's... adjustments that they can make playing a little bit yeah. smaller, you know, kind of doing what they did kind of doing more handoffs, more of their 2019 offense, isolating plays. They went back, Kenny, they ran a few of those empty corner sets they did against the Nets, but specifically because, you know, Miami will run empty corner pick and rolls, right? Well, mm-hmm. that's been frequent. But what they did against the Nets was put Bam at the elbow and run empty yeah. quarter movement with shooters to leverage Bam getting downhill. That didn't happen, but what they did was got shooters open because the Nets yeah. were fine flying out on shooters and their draw, their defense defenders are not as good. They did that against the Celtics, and they got a lot of success, a lot of good looks. Not all of them went down, but they were really, really good mm-hmm. looks. I want to see if they can hit a few of those, if they yeah. can get the Celtics to bite and bam downhill. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that – that's why I say that the biggest takeaway is missed shots because schematically speaking, they did kind of kill the drop. They got every look they wanted. It was just the shots. Early on, no. Ball. Early on, they were frazzled. Not really early on. And then but they, once they as settled, they settled in, in yeah. yeah. As they settled in, they started to get every look they wanted. But, again, Gabe 2 for 10, Max 0 for 7, PJ 0 for 4. And, again, not to blame them because I'm, I'm not that person. I'm not going to blame individual players. But it's just the shots didn't fall. So – Regardless of what they did schematically, which they did a great job generating those looks, the shots just didn't fall. So it kind of, I don't want to say it doesn't matter because it does matter. That, to be able to generate those looks against a defense like the Celtics, that is saying something. But the shots just didn't fall. And so there's just not much more you can ask for aside from the shots going in. Caleb and Duncan were plus nine. Yeah. They look great in the minutes. In 26 and 24. And, uh, in 24 and 23 minutes, respectively. Yeah, they, they looked great in the minutes. Again, plus minus is not the, the, the end-all, be-all. But when they went Caleb, Duncan, Depot, that trio looked good. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that they need some. Now, they could recreate that, right? Because you, yeah. you can go Lowry, Max, and Jimmy. Right or loud, you know, or, or or whatever combination. Right, you just you need a little, you need a little rim pressure, you need a little shooting, and and you need a you, you need a wing. They could do some of that. Yeah. I want to see. I, I I think that they found a formula that works. 
Mm-hmm. They won the bench minutes, which is funny because the Celtics had won the bench minutes all series, Kenny. And mm-hmm. for the first time, Miami was winning the bench minutes. Uh, it was just too little, too late because the starters had just dug such a bad hole. I feel better rewatching the game than I did last night because last night yeah. it felt hopeless. I feel a little better, um, mm-hmm. but it, it's tough, man. They're they're a great defensive team, and and it now Miami's in a position where. They have to hit shots. Their defense alone isn't going to carry them. Defense didn't have as much bite as it normally did. And I think that, you know, part of that is Jimmy not being right. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's where we are. Yeah. And I think what people may say is that Duncan and Caleb played garbage time minutes. But I don't think there's – I don't think that takes away from what they did. I think – and everything comes back to this. That that lineup, that um, Caleb Duncan Oladipo lineup, Caleb and Duncan were making their shots, and so Oladipo has also space attacks the space yeah. that he gets when he's help off of, in a yeah. way that I think PJ does, but it's not as fast. And like PJ in the short roll wasn't great. I thought Boston did a good job of taking the easy the easy pass away and making that that mm-hmm. cross court pass hard. Not unlike Miami. I mean, Jimmy caught the ball in the paint one possession. He got an early seal on Pritchard in transition. And the second he caught the ball, they made the pass hard. And when he caught the ball, gathered, it was Horford and Tatum right there on top of him. Now, Miami got an open three off of that, and, and Oladipo hit it, topside three. But mm-hmm. that's what they're doing. They're just, they are like, we are loading up on Jimmy and Bam. In pick mm-hmm. and roll, we're stepping up on Kyle, and Rob is going to help behind the play. And it's a yeah. well oiled machine. And the pressure point there is the guy that Rob helps off of. But they make that pass really, really hard. Like Miami, how they help off of shooters and fly around. It's a very similar concept, and it's credit to Ime Udoka. Mm-hmm. They hugged shooters, and that wasn't working. And they changed their game plan. And now they're doing. They're taking a page out of Spo's book and the Heat's book, and it works. So credit to them. Credit to Ime, who's obviously a very, very bright and great coach. Um, and this is a great coaching battle. I- I'm excited for, for game five. Yeah, yeah. But- and for Ima, for Ima Udoka to be this good in his first year is pretty crazy. terrifying. <laughs> yeah, to crazy. be honest. Way better and, than Brad. Oh, man, yeah. Bad Stevens. <laughs> but White mediocrity and black excellence. I've never seen it more clear in my life. Hey, hey I'm with it. I'm with it. Come on, man. But yeah, I think with, with that adjustment, I think sometimes we get caught up in the stars. You hear all the time, you know, our stars need to – be the ones to step up, whatever the case is. But sometimes they get schemed against, and especially with Jimmy's been hitting his jumpers, but you don't want him living on a diet of jumpers. And Bam, again, you said it's below average, not horrible, but you also don't want him trying to live on a diet of jumpers. And so I don't want to say they're easy to game plan against, but if you decide to lock in a game plan against them, other guys have to... The NBA is not only about... Basketball in general is not only about stars. Everybody has to play their part. And so I just think that, again, with the other guys, it was uncharacteristic of them to miss that much. And so it just kind of was what it was. It was just a hodgepodge of things that went wrong. But as far as blaming the game plan, that's not something I can necessarily do because nobody Yeah, no, no. That's what I'm saying. So I'm saying in general, like the offense – the only problem was shots not falling. The actual game planning, the actual adjustments they made, all those things, the plays where they got Rob Williams out of the actions, um, that was all perfect. It was just not their night from the from the field. And 
I know I keep saying it, and it is an oversimplification, but that really was the difference maker. It was. And I, you know, the defense, I I thought it was mostly fine yesterday. Okay, mm-hmm. Could have a little more bite. I, I do think they came out flat. I think that they, they came out a little flat. And mm-hmm. while the defense was fine, fine's not good enough in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, you need to bring your A game every night. I, Kenny, I love, I don't know if how much I've said this on the part. I love, uh, I love fighting games like in esports. Like I love watching <laughs> yeah. Street Fighter and my, my game I play is Melee, uh, Melee mm-hmm. Blood, Blast Blue, Guilty Gear, all that good stuff. And I remember I was listening to, um, I was listening to Armada talk. Armada, one of the great Melee players of all time, probably number one or number two. Mango's, Mango's my go, but, Armada, yeah. Armada once said, I just need to make sure that my B game, because you're never going to play your A game all yeah. the time. But mm-hmm. I, he goes, I know it's impossible, but I need to make sure that my B game is better than everybody else's B game. Mm-hmm. And that's how he was a dominant champion of our game. And I, I think of Miami where their B game is dog shit. Their mm-hmm. A game, we see their A game. It is fantastic. Miami's B yeah. game has so much to be desired, and Miami plays their C game way more often than they play their 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 A game, and you yeah. have that range of inconsistency. Now, obviously, they were the one seed, right? They're really mm-hmm. good, but we're talking like yeah. at the highest level. You know, they have to bring their A game, and they need to raise their B game, because that effort yesterday was not enough. And again, yeah. they I felt they quit at times. And we talked mm-hmm. about all the schematic things that Boston did and how interesting it was and the help that they sent. And they were clearly frazzled. And I yeah. think they'll respond, Kenny. But it's not a good look. But there's there are ways that they can attack. And they solved some of it in-game for all the stuff that has been said on the internet. It's like people, you know, sometimes they we just... need to rewatch and really see objectively, not in the moment. They figured mm-hmm. some stuff out. Yeah. And so I think that you are right about the in-game adjustment, but I do want to point out that even with the Heat's defense not being 100% what it can be, because there were some bad um, rotations, there were some late rotations, there were some late closeouts, Boston still finished the game, I believe, at 39.7% from the field and 23% from three. With nine turnovers, it was the same as the Heat, but it, there, there was no disparity, which means there was no disparity there. So... I think that it, this game just all comes. It all came back down to Listen, one thing. Boston won the possession game, and you're yeah. gonna, you're gonna you won the possession game, and you put Miami in such a hole early that mm-hmm. they we were not playing the same sport. Yeah, and the Heat's half court defense still I don't think was as bad. But what happened with all the misses? There were a lot of long rebounds, and it was Horford pushing. They got out in transition, and we know the Heat's transition defense is just not great. And so that's where Boston's advantage was. That's where their runs came from. And that's where the fouls happen too. When you're yeah. chasing in transition, and and guys are getting penetration and off stuff like that. So yeah, we got to see for game what what Spoke hooks up. I imagine it's going to be try to get their shooters off of handoffs. Uh, now, Miami has a health problem. PJ yeah. had the compression thing before the game, which I, I read it was to to get to get out lactic acid or something out of your out of your leg or knee or whatever. That doesn't look good. Jimmy has a knee inflammation. Now Rob Williams had a knee inflammation and looked great yeah. today. So mm-hmm. maybe Jimmy after a, maybe, I, I I wish they had sat Jimmy. Maybe he would have looked like a million bucks. 
Yeah. But who knows? He's probably going to have days where he looks great and days where he doesn't. That's the nature of injury. Kyle, I thought, I mean, I didn't, I, there were times that I thought, oh, man, he's he's clearly not the same. He's out there mm-hmm. and he's playing. So he's playing. He's probably at 75, 80%. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think he needs to be a little more aggressive shooting. But Caleb has his injuries. Like, they're, they're a hurt team right now. Yeah. And so is Boston. I mean, Tatum mm-hmm. has a stinger. Uh, Marcus didn't play. Rob's dealing with the knee. You know what I mean? Uh, they're they're an injured team. So both teams are both teams. Yeah. Eric had that injury at the end of the game. Like they're, they're both playing banged up, and that's another thing to keep in mind. Like, they're yeah. it's gonna be hard to play your best when you're all fucked up. But they gotta mm-hmm. they they gotta they gotta do they gotta do more. And that's that's also just the nature of the playoffs. This late on, everybody's banged up, and especially playing, especially playing every other day. You don't really have time to recover or rest. You still have swelling from the last game when you go in, and so, and that's not making an excuse for the Heat because no, the Celtics are going through the same thing. But it, that's just the nature of the playoffs. It's just gonna be about who does a better job of fighting through it. Absolutely. And so, hey, at the end of the day, the series is tied. It's the Heat have home court advantage. They have, if they protect home, they win the series. They win the series. Game five is pivotal. If they win game five, they guarantee themselves a shot at the finals, winning at home. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen this team. You know, this team has not played from behind all postseason. I don't know how they'd respond playing from behind. When they made the finals, they didn't play from behind until the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, so let let's see how they respond. Let's see what they do. I, I think the I think the adjustments on offense are kind of like what we talked about, kind of bam at the elbow, leveraging movement, mm-hmm. getting him downhill. I think they can do a better job of steadily attacking Rob Williams in pick and roll. Like that, mm-hmm. I think you gotta force, you gotta wear out their guards because it's hard to run and and kind of fight through screens all game. That's a war of attrition, and that's why mm-hmm. Duncan tends to look good in second halves too, because guys just get worn out from running into from running into Bam and Deadman and PJ and just chasing Duncan around. It's a war of attrition, and Duncan's yeah. fresh legs right now. So you know, hopefully Tyler can can give him something if if he's good to go. And he's another guy that you can run around and, and do stuff off that. So that's, I think that's where the easiest place to attack is. I don't know what PJ can do about getting helped off of. Uh, maybe you have to relocate him to the top to make mm-hmm. the pass a little easier. And he has to shoot yeah. those wing threes, not his shot. That yeah. might be what they have to do. I imagine he's going to get some of his minutes cut, which is good for Tatum. And that's what you have to balance because yeah. if, if your offense is just a lot better, for example, with Caleb, but now you're making life easier for Tatum, you know, you really need to, you mm-hmm. really need to pick your poison. I think they gotta, and PJ's not a hundred percent. That's the other part of it. So yeah. they have to manage that. And and again, coaching is so difficult because you have to manage your scheme, the, the realist of both sides of the ball, got yeah. guys, injuries, person, everything. So a lot. To I, I, to. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, but no, I'm I think they did um, also make that adjustment. I think later on, once they noticed Rob Williams wasn't guarding PJ in the corner, I think they did bring PJ to the top a little more. Yeah. And try to force Rob Williams to come up and leave the back door open a little. And so, I think Spoke still tinker with stuff and still figured out stuff at, towards the end of last game and towards the end, when really in the third quarter. And so. Game four, we're going to see how that stuff works. We're going to see them back at home. They're not going to be missing the way they were last game at home. And so we're going to see how it works out. We're going to see how it works out. Um, excited. Uh, maybe I may or may not go to Sage, the evil spirits, out of the FTX <laughs> arena. Um, 
They've only lost one game. They're all postseason, so something's working, I guess. Thank you guys for joining us uh, today on uh, on a, on a strange day, uh, not a not happy day, but yeah. for a lot of reasons. But you know, thank you for. Hopefully, we took your mind off it a little bit, and uh, let's go out and and you know, I don't know if I don't know what we. Can, I mean, we live in such a fucking hellscape of a country. Um, it's brutal, but you know, our love is with you guys. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow for the Weird Off Pregame Show. Kenny, Frankie, and I got you covered for that, followed by Hangover Time. Alf will be back. You guys in the comments on YouTube, Alf, was, Alf, Alf went on a trip, man. Uh, yeah, Alf, Alf, Alf is 40-plus with a family and a career. Like, come he has on, guys. Stuff. Sometimes you got to travel for work, and sometimes your boss tells you you got to fly at this time, and you miss you miss a little time. So, you know, don't don't, don't be too hard on him, man. I, I just joke yeah. that he's, he's not here. Try to find the humor in it. Uh, but we're a team, and we stick together, and we, we, we cover each other's backs. So thanks, guys, so much for joining. We will see you tomorrow. And uh, hopefully, you know, the Heat can can force a game seven or win in six, one of the two. But, you know, win tomorrow night is pretty critical. So we'll see you then. Until then, uh, subscribe, all that good stuff. We love you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.